Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you are an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from Orlando who are doing something neat. Donuts! Are they the most perfect food in the history of foods? I say yes, and Liz Dewar is here to prove it. Actually, she isn't here to prove it. She just makes amazing donuts, cakes, and other dessert items through her pop-up and custom order shop, Orlando, D-O-U-G-H. For more on Liz and Orlando, D-O-U-G-H, and all of the other guests, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now on with the show. Tegan and Sarah on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. And every Monday I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Liz Dewar is here from Orlando. Yes. D-O-U-G-H. Orlando. Yeah. Okay, great. Liz, good morning. (laughs) Morning. Thank you so much for being here. No problem. You brought me donuts. Mm -hmm. They're in the shape of the initials of this show. That's pretty amazing. It's really easy to ingratiate yourself when you bring donuts with you places. Uh, I'm pretty easy in general as far as ingratiating goes. You, You Just you showing up at 630 in the morning to be on my radio show slash podcast, mm-hmm. slash uh, eventual takeover of the world Yes, is pretty remarkable. So and I want to get in early, that. you know, like ground level, yeah. get in here, make the connection, and right. then three years from now when you are... When I take over. Mm-hmm. Especially the Winter Park area. Uh, Winter Park is first to mm-hmm. fall, obviously. I yeah. bet Winter Park is kind of the key to the Central Florida area. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the most important area within Central Florida. I'm saying as part of my plans... It's key. Yeah. So that's where I'm starting. It is key. And then redo all the roads whenever you take over. 100%. Make it easier to get through a winter 100%. park. 100%. There's going to be a lot more biking. <laughs> yeah. When oh, I take yeah. Over. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. So, Liz, you and I don't know each other very well. We exchange some messages here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very inspired by something that you wrote last year, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk about donuts, the donut making process, the year uh, or so that you've had in doing this full time yes. has it been about a year yeah a little over a year orlando's been around since orlando d-o-u-g-h mm-hmm. has been I, i'm not going to do that the whole time let's okay. just you should assume, just make it a thing yeah. do it every single time yes exactly <laughs> um it's been around since 2016 yes you've been doing pop-ups you started the baking process i'm sure you started baking well before that as well yes i started baking when i was two ish i don't know it was like uh, whenever you first start having memories, that's when yeah. I start baking. And my, um, I remember that. Yeah. And one of my, this is now one of my favorite stories, but I felt very betrayed at the time. Um, my mom would always let us make cookies and she told me two lies that I only figured out. One I figured out when I was five, one I didn't figure out till I was 15 that it was a lie. The first one was, um, I had a Fisher Price little kitchenette. Yeah. So she'd be like, well, you have to leave the kitchen for the cookies to bake. And she'd put them in my Fisher Price oven. And then she'd be like, 
She'd tell me when to come back into the kitchen because then the cookies would be done. She'd pull them out of my Fisher-Price oven, but she'd like put them in the real oven to actually bake. So I walked in on that, the switcheroo happening one day when I was about five and I was like, oh, you've been lying to me about this. That thing doesn't bake anything. And she felt really bad about that, but she also um, was like, well, now I don't have to do that anymore. So that's great. That saves me (laughs) some time. And then the other lie was... Eventually was going to have to come out probably. Yeah, it's kind of like Santa. It's like I would figure it out. Wait. She'd hope that I would figure it out eventually. Nothing. Uh, The Easter Bunny is also going to be here soon. um, The other lie was that she told me, and this is actually probably... This is a good lie. Parents should tell their kids this. She said that if you get spit in the mixture, it won't bake properly. So it was her way of getting me not to double dip whenever I would eat cookie dough. She'd be like, it won't bake properly. And I believed this until I was a teenager. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Chemicals. Chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I was like, oh, my God, that's such a good lie. I believed it for so long. That's great. But, you know, now it's obviously good that I'm not spitting in the food that I'm selling to people. So so great to have yeah. that assurance <laughs> yes. from you about I'm a food safety food certified stuff. manager, so <laughs> I know how to wear gloves and wash my hands. It's great. Excellent. Well, Liz, let's get to know you a little bit better. Thank you for that story. No problem. Uh, so we're going to play a game. It's a little bit like 20 questions, but okay. instead of saying up or down, yes or no, you're going to say the, the sound okay. or the fury. The sound or the fury. Yeah, the sound is great because people are hearing us right now. They're going to hear us in the podcast format at some point mm-hmm. in the future when this goes up. And you could learn more about that at toacertaindegree.com and listen to all the podcasts and subscribe. But the fury, it's not so great to be mad. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially why the fury is bad. Okay. So the sound if you're for something, the fury if you're against it. Okay. Chocolate bunnies, the sound or the fury? The <sighs> Honestly, the Fury. Really? A lot of them are like super low quality yep. and then you're invested. Like you bite into it and you're like, I have to eat this whole bunny I have now? to eat the whole thing because otherwise the soul of the bunny that's trapped inside won't be released. And I don't like milk chocolate very much. Like oh, okay. it has its place. Um, milk chocolate covered potato chips are delicious, but just like straight milk chocolate, I like dark chocolate. You're more of a dark chocolate yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Chocolate bunnies. It's nerve-wracking to get a chocolate bunny. You're like, no way. You gave this. It's always a gift. You never get a chocolate bunny for yourself. Yourself, yeah. (sighs) It's like those bears on like Valentine's Day. It's like no one really wants to get one of those. Like they'll they'll like be appreciative and be like, oh wow, you thought of me. That's so nice. But oh, a stuffed animal. Yeah, yeah. that kind of like all those kitschy things you can get at like a pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that stuff at all. A lot of pharmacy listeners. So (sighs) not saying anything bad about the pharmacy. CVS is pulling their uh support of of the station for the station uh right now or this show at least (laughs) driverless cars the sound of the fury i'm very on board with those yeah yeah um i the two major reasons one is that like there are a lot of people who are just bad at driving Mm -hmm. and the other reason is it's because they like to look at their phones i've met some of those people yes i love looking at my phone yeah i love looking at my phone when i'm driving and i know i shouldn't so I do it when I'm at stoplights, but then I'm that person who's like at a stoplight that turns green because I just got him. Yeah, I'm responding like, to Instagram posts. Yes. Yeah. So then it's, I'm like, but if I had a driverless car, it's like, I think my favorite form of transportation is either biking or trains because mm-hmm. biking, you're like very invested in like yeah, your journey. Yeah. And then, 
Yeah, especially in Orlando. Like, <laughs> oh, God. But uh, trains, it's like you do get to zone out and you can fall asleep on them. Like, it's just like this is what I imagine a driverless car is. It's like a train. Just relax. Mm-hmm. You think we'd all be a little bit uh, calmer, a little bit better if we could just, yeah, I you think know, I'm... that 30-minute commute instead of being in traffic and yeah. trying to find the right music and listening to the station or whatever we're doing, listening to so. WPRK, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we could just sit back, relax, and listen to WPRK. Yeah, because so I, I live over in College Park, but I used to work at UCF. Well, not at UCF, but near UCF at a, an apartment complex over there. So I make that drive every single day. Mm-hmm. But I also made that drive every day in college because I rode crew and we'd row on like Fairbanks I think um but that drive I'd always someone would drive me in college it was great it was 4 30 in the morning when we had to make it because you know crew is always super early in the morning and that's when the best water is oh my god yeah it's very cold but once you get moving it's fine because there's uh, something called the sun suck which the temperature usually drops just a little bit when the sun's coming up and you're always up for that when you're a crew so it's like mm. you get there and the sun's coming up and it's just like oh it just got colder but it's a weird feeling in florida but um i forgot what i was talking about you were talking about having somebody drive you oh yeah so yeah. i'd have people drive me to crew practice and that was great because i could just like snooze but then when i had to drive myself to work every day i was the like worst. i gotta start a business and quit this job like that's way better <laughs> to just stay home all day <laughs> All right, how about we just had WrestleMania 35 last night. How mm-hmm. do you feel about professional wrestling, the sound or the fury? The sound. The sound, you're yeah. into it. I don't, I haven't watched it very, I don't watch it very much anymore, but um, I used to want to be like my brother and my dad, and both of them, like, I was born in the 90s, so we, like, grew up on WrestleMania and, like, oh, man, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And there was that one dude who had, like, I just remember his tattoo. I don't actually remember his name or anything, but I feel like they're all bald. Like all of yeah, them have no of them hair. Were, yeah. Didn't yeah. want their hair to be grabbed. That's true. Yeah, that's a weakness as they, part of the wrestling uh, situation. They either have very long hair or no hair. Right. There's no in between. Yeah. Um, but was yeah, I was very rock? into it. Did you like The Rock? I did like guys? The Rock. Yeah. I liked, man, I'm going to have to look it up after this. It's going to, he had, it was like the tattoo right here and it looked like, I guess they were tribal tattoos. I think that's what they were called. Like tribal tattoos used to be a big thing where they're like these intricate lines. I don't know why people got them, but he had one of those. But anyway, I used to sit um, with my brother and my dad and watch wrestling growing up. So fond memories of wrestling. Very nice. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? We live in Florida. Mm -hmm. You live in Florida. Mm -hmm. Everybody listening potentially lives in Florida. Mm -hmm. Where are you on the beach? The sound or the fury? I, uh, I guess the Fury. I like the beach, but I like, I can clock in 30 minutes there and be done for like months. I lived, I grew up in Melbourne, which is 10 minutes from the beach. Right. And I went maybe twice ever in high school. Like when I had a car, I was able to take myself places. I'm also, what about when you were younger? Like as a kid, did you, did yeah. your family go a lot and stuff like that? Yeah, but my mom always made like a huge deal out of it because she had to put her contacts in. And she hated contacts. So she was just like, ugh, we gotta go to the beach. I can't wear my glasses because, you know, this, the salt spray gets on them. So I gotta put on contacts. And I just remember her always making a big deal about that. And then I always had to use those, like, s- sunscreen sticks. Didn't love those. Mm-hmm. But 
don't know. The beaches, I don't know. Do you think they were just glue sticks and your mom, like, put a different label on them? <laughs> Maybe. And she just didn't want to go to the beach, so she tried to make it as uncomfortable as possible? She's like, it turns a different color when it dries, so you know yeah. it's you're ready to go outside. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't... That would actually probably be just as good at protection as SPF <laughs> right? a layer 100. Of blue. Yeah. yeah. I hear the SPF thing is like a myth where it's like at a certain point, it can't really SPF you anymore. It's like, no. it's basically 55 and below is maybe right, but anything above that is just lying to you. Okay. I'll accept that answer. Like 100 well, we don't have minutes? A lot of suntan lotion listeners. No. No. I'm, or sponsors. <laughs> good. How do you feel about jerky, the sound or the fury? The sound. The sound? Yeah. Any particular kind? There's this one beef jerky that I got at Costco that was like a teriyaki sort of situation. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I'd never had like a sweet beef jerky before. Very into it. You were, oh, nice. Yeah. So not milk chocolate, but sweet jerky. Yeah. I, I never did like the, what are the jerky sticks that are like Slim Jims? Slim Jims. Never did those. those but Those are not jerky. I would not consider those jerky. Okay. Because I grew up playing softball, so beef jerky was like a big like snack yeah. that you'd eat yeah. at tournaments and stuff. So Very nice. How do you feel about, okay, colonizing Mars? I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, for yourself or just in general? I don't want to go there. I okay. don't want to leave, like, the Earth, even though I understand that, you know, inevitably we probably will ruin it and need to leave. But... That's not today, so I don't want to, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm just afraid that people who go there are going to be, like, very high and mighty about the fact that they're like, no, we know how to do this. We'll do this right. And it's like, uh, they won't. Nobody ever does everything right. But people have a lot of, what's the word, hubris? Yeah, they won't be self-aware. Yeah. They won't be aware of the fact that they're probably, like, going to mess something up and then Mars is going to be ruined, too. Even though I don't know, like, what's there to ruin on Mars. The redness? Yeah, I think um, that's about it. bleach that? Yeah. Or turn it a different color? Make it blue or something. I don't yeah, know. that would be pretty neat. I think we should try to make it blue. Blue and green. Half. Make it like home, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be funny if they just painted it like Earth. It's like California so when land, there's droughts, when they water, paint the grass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like it. I like that a lot. The four-legged whale. Whoa. Let me, let, me, uh, <laughs> let me add to this real quick. This was discovered in Peru, according to scientists, cetaceans, a small group of mammals that include dolphins and whales, evolved from a four-legged hoofed ancestor that roamed the earth 56 to 33.9 million years ago. Mm -hmm. They found one. So they it found... literally looks, well, they found the sediments oh, okay. uh, and the found a live one. one. No, oh, uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. But to see it, it looks so goofy. It looks like mm -hmm. something between an alligator and a whale. Well, there's always an in-between mm -hmm. with evolution, right? Where That's just my like, understanding. I mean, I'm I, still waiting to get through the in-between. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're looking at an orangutan. You're like, why haven't we come further from that? Yeah. Like, why is this where we've gotten to? certain people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um... So I did know that that existed where it's like a lot of obviously water mammals evolved from land mammals. Mm -hmm. You can see their, um, uh, you can see like their nails still and like their flippers, some of them, which is really like seals and walruses and stuff, which those are pretty goofy, right? Like a seal and a walrus. How is that where that stopped? Yeah. Are they getting better? Like incrementally some direction? Not on land. Yeah. I saw, I was watching Planet Earth the other day and it was like a fight between a penguin 
and a seal because like the seals have developed a taste for blood, which is exactly how the narrator said it in his British accent. I was like, Jesus, that's like very intense. Yeah. But then for watching human blood. No, for penguin blood. Oh, okay. but it's like I saw this seal and this penguin fighting, and it was they were fighting on land, and I'm just like, this this is not good TV. Like they literally they looked like drunk toddlers, like just waddling around over these rocks. And you're just like, I don't even know who I'm rooting for because neither of you is in your element right now. Like That is true. It was probably, I kind of want to watch that now. You should. It's uh, on Netflix, so it's definitely During readily. the next break, we can recreate it. Okay. Yeah, because I'm not a good fighter, and I'm not good on land, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Worse in the water, though. Worse in the water? Yeah. We're the most inefficient swimmers of all mammals, apparently. Yeah, that Humans. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when, um, I don't know which swimmer it was, it was like, I'm going to race a dolphin or something i was like you're gonna lose it's like michael phelps uh, yeah maybe yeah i don't know he raised something it's like you're definitely gonna lose yeah oh he raced a shark wasn't that a shark week thing oh he shouldn't race a shark they're super fast aren't they yeah they're the most efficient swimmers probably yeah, yeah. so the whale thing michael phelps i'm on board with looking at it yeah but i'm glad that we've advanced we to full whales now yeah i feel like it'd be super creepy like all i'm imagining now is a uh, sort of half whale, mutant whale with human eyes. Oh, the and human eyes make it creepy. Human teeth. Yeah, that would be frightening. Yeah. Let's move on to the next thing. Okay. The sound of the fury sandwiches. Oh, definitely the sound. Love yeah. a sandwich. Is do you have a favorite? Do I you like have a favorite to make for yourself, and do you have a favorite to have made for you? So I like a warm sandwich. Okay. I don't really like cold sandwiches. There's always kind of a bummer when you're when like... When you say warm, do you mean like heated up or do you just mean like room temperature? It sandwich? could be like, uh, no, heated up. Okay. Like, <laughs> like it either has like freshly warmed things on it, toasted bread, panini, any type of situation where you get a little extra crunch. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm on board with the most. And then um, generally anything that's got an egg on it is going to be a great sandwich. I like it. A little uh, little yolk in there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Unctuous. Very unctuous. Mm -hmm. I know that word. <laughs> That's great. I think I used it in context. I think so. Great. Yeah. It sounded like it was working. Perfecto. So basically just any egg sandwich. Yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm not on board with um, like whatever Jimmy John's is. Hopefully they're not a sponsor. I'm not no. into like that kind of sandwich. Like yeah. heavy so, mayo, cold. Right. Yeah. I tried to order just bread from them one time. It was a very confusing phone call. They're like, you just want the bread? And I was like, yeah, I just want the bread. And they're like, just the bread? It's like, yeah, no, basically give me a sandwich with no sandwich in the middle of it. They're like, so you want it sliced? And I'm like, I'm just going to come to the store. You guys are so fast at delivery, but this phone call is taking forever. <laughs> All right. So they're not ever going to sponsor. That's uh, Cursive, the writing style, not the band. I love cursive. Yep. Although I understand why they don't teach it anymore. Well, they've been bringing it back a little bit, so that's why this yeah. is on the uh, the questionnaire. Okay. Did you draw as a kid? Did mm -hmm. you draw? Were you artistic and you like cursive from that point of view? Um, I just like to, anything that someone puts parameters around that I can be, like, perfect at, mm -hmm. I just want to be, like, good at everything. So, oh, so it was a competition. Yeah, so it's like, this is what a cursive S looks like, and I'm like, yeah, watch me. I'm going to make this perfect cursive S. And even today, sometimes when I'm writing, I'm like, I can't, this is ugly. I can't write like this. Like, so I'll get a new page and start over. I like to write in all capital um, letters now, not cursive letters, just print, but. Just because it's a little bit. It looks faster. very clean. Yeah. yeah. 
may need to let you borrow one of my typewriters. <laughs> so you can just communicate that way. Yeah, typewriters only. Uh, be one of those people. <laughs> uh, tiny Houses, The Sound of the Fury. The Fury. I was on board with them for a bit, but it's too tiny. Yeah. There's a medium size. So you're you're okay with the getting rid of things, you know, oh, yeah. purging? I'm or... recondoed my house. Well, okay. I love how she's room. a verb now. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> she became one way quicker than Google, I think. But um, yeah, I read her book probably, I don't know, about a year ago. And I started what seemed to everyone else just throwing a lot of stuff away and yeah. donating a lot of stuff. Um, but to me was like, why do I have all this stuff? This is pointless. So I got rid of a ton of stuff and now there's like places for my shoes to go now, which is nice because they used to just hang out all over my floor. Um, yeah. So I'm very on board with less stuff, smaller accommodations, mm. but tiny house is too small. Too small. So a medium tiny house would be good for A you. medium tiny house. Yeah. An extra large tiny house. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an official classification. I 100% am into that, and I think we should start that. Yeah. So we'll do bad business ideas next hour. Okay. We may need to talk about that one a okay. little bit more. All right, last one for now. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm -hmm. So many personal things. So I'm learning a lot about you. Are you learning anything about yourself? I'm remembering things that I didn't know I remembered. So yes. That's what I'm here for. Okay. okay. Great. As far as I know. Uh, cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoes. I love cobbler. You love cobbler. I actually love both kinds of cobblers. Sure. I don't think people utilize either one of them enough. Okay. Because don't throw your shoes out. Your, yeah. Get your shoes redone. And don't make a pie. Make a cobbler. It's way easier. So you're a baker. Mm -hmm. Cobbler is, would, would me describing it as a deconstructed pie be accurate? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because like cobbler is just like, you put a bunch of fruit mixed with usually sugar and spices, and then you put a bunch of, uh, uh, so pie dough is like usually flour, some sort of fat, probably butter. I mean, if you want to, uh, you don't need to use butter if you don't want to, but uh, maybe a little bit of sugar and a little bit of salt. Mm -hmm. And then you make, you mix all that together. Usually you try and keep the butter kind of cold to keep the flakiness, and then you add water to make it into a pie dough to roll it out. And I'll tell you what, the gluten really helps when rolling a pie dough out. I tried to make gluten-free pie dough, which it was working, but it was way more complex because you don't realize how much gluten holds things together. So, thank you, gluten. Thank you, gluten, yes. So with a cobbler, you basically stop before you add the water. So you just have that crumbly mixture. So you get to skip a whole step, and you don't have to roll anything out, and you just crumble it on top of the fruit, and then you bake it for a while. And it's really, all of them are good with ice cream, though. Easy breezy, beautiful. Mm -hmm. So speaking of ice cream, you're mm -hmm. going to have an event later this month at Kelly's yes. on Fern Creek. Is that correct? Yes. So where can people learn more before we take a break? I want to just, uh, where can people learn more about Orlando, D-O-U-G-H? Um, I have a website. It's Orlando, D-O-U-G-H.com. Um, I acquired .com from .co. I had .co for a while. It was very confusing. Mm -hmm. So it's now .com. Um, and you can go there and see my calendar and it has all of my events on the calendar as soon as I know that I'm doing them and I'll update it. I haven't posted the tickets for the Kelly's event yet, which is actually on my list of things to do today. So, right. And that sells out usually pretty quickly. So if people want to make yeah. sure they get a guarantee mm -hmm. that they're going to get what is essentially a donut ice cream sandwich. Yeah, you have to buy a ticket for it. Yeah. Just because, I mean, food waste is not like... I hate food waste and I know there's a ton of it. So for me, 
it's a bigger deal where I don't want to show up with 100 donuts if 50 people are going to show up. Because mm-hmm. as much as you can pawn some donuts off on people, 50 is a lot of donuts to pawn off on that's people. So. Yeah. So okay. that's the 23rd of this month. You've got a donut and beer pairing at, uh, is that at Orlando Brewing? Mm-hmm. On the 17th? Yes. Okay. And then on the 20th, you'll be at another brewery, mm-hmm. uh, Hourglass Brewing. Yes. For the Witches and Wizards Market. And you're doing Harry Potter. Harry Potter donuts, donuts. for that one. Yeah. So yeah. if people missed it, you did some yesterday at the Heavy so they can see pictures of mm-hmm. uh, what you did there. And then I think there's another Harry Potter event at the end of the month. Is this like a Harry Potter month or something? Is this so, his birthday? It's not. His birthday's in July, which, of course, people pointed out to me when I made the happy birthday Harry donut. It's like, I know. All right. I've read all the books. I've seen all the movies. Um, but this month, the for the witches and wizards thing, it's just, um, it just suited the theme for yeah. that. And they reached out to me. Hourglass, I done one of their event with them, but they reached out to me specifically because I was doing the Harry Potter donuts. So I'm excited to be invited there because I don't go to Longwood for events very much. So hopefully that's closer to some people who don't want to drive all the way to Winter Park mm-hmm. for most of my events. And then Arlena Brewing was just a personal choice. I felt like doing it yesterday. And then once a month, a la carte does a movie night and they show one of the Harry Potter movies. So I come out once a month a la carte with specific Harry Potter donuts for that movie. So those ones change a little bit more and they're different. Maybe ones you haven't seen before. Oh, very nice. All right. So go check out Orlando, D-O-U-G-H dot com. Boy, that's going to be fun and you'll learn more about liz uh stay tuned as well if you can if you can't and you miss any of the show please go to to a certain degree.com subscribe and you will get the show as soon as it comes out in podcast format let's listen to a song okay oh are you sure maybe okay we'll see how it goes the war on drugs since it's early let's hear red eyes on wprk winter park florida you're listening to a certain degree chances are you're attending the 28th annual Orlando International Fringe Theater Festival from May 14th through the 27th, 2019. Come and say hi to me, not in a show though. I will be there at the Fringe Feels table. To a certain degree, this show is sponsoring Fringe Feels. At the table, you'll be able to write or type, because I'll have typewriters, a thank you note to the performers, to the volunteers, to the festival staff, the awesome people there that put it on and make it all possible for free. Show your gratitude without worrying about your terrible handwriting, or if you have excellent handwriting, maybe you're a good drawer, that's fine, there will be colored pencils. Stay up to date, follow Card and Fast on Instagram. Dates and such will be posted there. Now back to the show. The War on Drugs on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree from their album Lost in the Dream. That was Red Eyes. I think that's how they would probably want it to be said. Lost in a Dream. Lost in a Dream. Maybe, yeah. I mean, they're they're musicians, right? So you want it pronounced musically. Maybe that's like a very big misconception that some musicians are fighting against. I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. If you're a musician and you're out there and you're fighting against that... Mm-hmm. This is the radio show for you. They're like, we're the singers. Yeah. Just say the words. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Uh, Liz Dewar is here from Orlando, D-O-U-G-H. Donut maker extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just go ahead and label you that. I know you would never you. do that yourself. And also baking other things mm-hmm. now as well. So Orlando has always done cakes 
and other accoutrement. Ma- yes. How do you say it? Macaron? Yes. So macaroons have two O's, and they're the coconut things. Sure. Um, macaron um, have it's one O, and you say it more like a French person. Macaron. Yeah, and it's got almond meal in it instead of so it has nuts still. So if you're can't do nuts, you can't do any of it. But you know, it's a uh, the little cookie sandwich cookies is the best way to describe them. They're cuter than the other kind. Let me ask you, they're very cute, mm. and they're delightful because mm-hmm. the airy sort of outside crusty thing and then whatever yep. the Crunchy, chewy. Is. Yeah. Best combo. Yes, exactly. And dessert. Just like the show. Mm-hmm. It's crunchy and chewy. Mm-hmm. You can be crunchy. No, I'll be crunchy. Okay. And you be chewy. Okay. No, I'll be chewy because I look like a Wookiee. Okay. Yeah, so you're crunchy. I have more hair than you overall, though, I think. I don't know if you've seen my back. I haven't. Okay, great. (laughs) So that'll be something maybe for later. I'm half Sasquatch. Okay. Just so you know, I'm from Canada. So let's change the subject. Okay. uh, Back to baking. Let me talk to you about... Good segue. Thank you. Right (laughs) from hair to baking. That's always... Um, Let me talk to you a little bit about how it started. So I know Orlando got its start in Orlando, Mm D-O-U-G-H, got its start in 2016. It was, I'm assuming, a side hustle of some kind. And then last year, you decided to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about what your inspiration was uh, for that okay. to do it full time. So a couple of things came together when I went full time into it. I was back in school when I started the business for uh, my business degree. I got a master's in business from UCF. Oh, okay. um, I'm in a Rollins building right now, so it feels kind of weird saying that, but... Uh, <laughs> So I was in the middle of school when I started the business and I had tried starting a bakery business once before, but I was, I did one event and I just wasn't motivated enough to really work on it. So this time definitely felt different because I stuck with it. Um, That first event can often be very disconcerting. Yeah. You're like, why am I doing this? This is embarrassing. Making stuff for the first time. You don't know how much to make. Mm -hmm. It costs money to go there. You probably bring too many things. Oh, way too much. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I would say is for people who do that, like the first few are not going to be great. You got to just keep going. Yeah. And even now I'll have, it's more common now that people are like, oh, I've been following you. I've been wanting to try your donuts. And I love hearing that. But then it's. I still do get the people who are like, who are you? What is this? Are these donuts? And I'm just like, ah, you don't, this is so embarrassing. You don't know me. I've got a whole table here. Like I'm clearly a thing and a sign. Um, But yeah, it is embarrassing. And I just, I mean, just tell your friends and they'll come out and support you. Those first couple ones, which is nice. Um, Full time though. Uh, I'd been debating going full-time into it for a while, and I was worried that it wouldn't be able to support me. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I didn't have a great job. It didn't pay me very much before, so it was like a very low threshold for it to pay me as much as my other job. Um, and then a couple of the people that I really loved working with moved on to different positions. So then I was, I had coworkers still, but I didn't like them as much. So I was like, well, part of the reason I really liked my job is because it was fun, the people who I worked with, and now I don't have them anymore. So that was a motivation as well. Um, and I really didn't like driving all the way to UCF. So there were a couple of things that was like, this is convenient for the sake that I can stay home and work, and I can spend more time working on this business that 
quite frankly, I was working on when I was getting paid for my other job. And it didn't feel great to do that every day. Um, well, because you're working a, relatively speaking, full-time job. Yeah. I mean, during the day, and then you're coming home and trying to do that, what is a side hustle, but you want it to be more. It's Yeah. That can be also very difficult on your motivation. Oh, yeah. So for me, it was like I would wake up at four in the morning, make donuts to deliver to people before work, go to work, work on social media, work on the website while I was sitting at work. And then I was in school too. So some nights I'd go to class after that for three hours. And then I do events. I did a farmer's market every Sunday for a year where I was doing all three of them. And I actually heard a story yesterday. Um, one of the people that I used to work at, with at the farmer's market, um, I guess didn't, didn't know that I had all of that going on at the same time. And he is a, uh, he knows my friend pretty, or he knows my boyfriend pretty well just because they're all friends. It's like secret society and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and he, he said, oh, I was wondering why she always looked so angry. And it's like, I was so tired all the time. So basically when you keep working on something, even though you're tired, it's a pretty good indication that you should explore it a little bit, mm -hmm. I think. So where did the baking come from? We talked in the last segment that you were two years old. One of mm -hmm. your earliest memories is baking with your mom. Yeah. But why, I guess the question is why that specifically? Okay. I mean, you should yeah. you have other skill sets and other things that you could have pursued, but mm -hmm. why was it baking specifically? I think it's the biggest reason is that when I was growing up, it's the one thing that kept my interest I have a lot of things that I'll get interested in for one week, roughly. And then I know there's a very strong week in high school where I was like, I'm going to be a long distance biker. That's going to be my career where I'm just going to cycle around the country. I'm going to be a Lancer. Oh, I just, I wanted to be like Tour de France for one week. Oh, I was on a I mountain bike. I was like a long distance trucker, but no. with a bike. I did actually think about that. I was like, they hire a lot of truckers. Like, that would be an interesting life, you know, driving the roads have this giant truck. I just feel like it must be so frustrating to be a truck driver because they're like professional drivers of giant vehicles and everyone else is just like amateurs. amateur drivers yep. of like little ant cars comparatively. Uh -huh. um, so that was the biggest reason is that I didn't know that I wanted to make it into like a actual job for a long time. I just knew that when I wanted to relax or when I wanted to like zone out, my interest would always go to food. And it was always go to like new recipes that I wanted to try. And when I had time off, I would try new things out as far as like, that's always just been my hobby, which has kind of been a bummer now that it's my job. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have to separate it sometimes and just make it my hobby again, make things for friends and family and stuff just so I get that enjoyment out of it still. So you can be creative without expectations mm -hmm. because that outlet is important. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so now that you started your business, mm -hmm. obviously it's a year in, so everything is hunky dory oh, okay. and yep. everything. So I'd say that sarcastically, of course, because <laughs> I think that, you know, one thing that we do and in the, in reading about businesses and things of that nature and startups, especially is we put on rose colored glasses, Oh yeah, you know, the fast company stories or mm -hmm. the business insider stories and Oh, uh, I and, love those 30 second we, videos that are like, this business is so successful. Right. Oh, and they <laughs> right here and yeah. they spend, you know, a paragraph on that. And then everything else is about all these wonderful successes mm -hmm. and the chances they took and all these other things. And a lot of times we skip over the, you know, all of the pain. 
Oh, yeah. So I'll take you back real quick to August of last year. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're self-aware and you're doing something like a podcast or you're doing something like a business where a side business where you're baking, you're putting yourself out there every time, oh, yeah. you're being creative, you're trying new things, you hope people like it. Mm-hmm. You're kind of ready, if you're self-aware, you're kind of ready to just pull the plug on it at yeah. any given time. Um, and so if enough bad things happen in a row, you're really ready to just burn it all to the ground. Yeah. So I had followed, you had this sort of side blog, I think, where you'd go It's where Orlando started. Yeah. So you were just a donut blog for a long time. Okay. So well before 2016 or. Yeah, I think, I think I kept it up for about a year and a half. I did eight to 10 different trips around the country to different donut shops, which was uh, originally just a reason to travel. Uh, I got, I got like super dumped and I was just like in a dark hole of like, I'm never going to feel okay again. And then I was like, well, maybe I should travel a little bit. And that, uh, that took like five months for me to come around to that conclusion. And meanwhile, everyone's like, you'll feel better with time, which is like the worst and the best advice at the same time in those situations. But the thing that stinks is it's time. It takes time. (laughs) Yeah. So I started traveling and I wanted to not feel, I guess, silly for just going around the country to donut shops. So I was like, I'll give a reason to it. I'll write blog posts about these donut shops. And then it started becoming clear to me that I was like, oh, well, now that I've tried enough of this, like, I know, like, what makes a good donut. And, like, I like to see how different people run their shops because everyone does it differently. And so then I was like, I can make donuts. And I couldn't. I tried so hard. And then it took me, like, a full year of trying to make donuts to actually make ones that came out resembling a donut. So round? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. They came out very <laughs> flat. They would just fall completely flat all the time. And I don't know how I like if I had to do that now, like if I had to make a bad donut now, I think that would be harder than making one that came out. OK, just because now it feels so like muscle memory to like You've just got you 10,000 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I remember listening to a podcast about that one time and I was like, oh, so many hours. I want to do it. And like you just end up doing it eventually if you like something. Well, you've, you've, I mean, essentially you've persevered in it. So last year, um, I guess you hadn't written on the blog for a while. Oh yeah, no, I hadn't. You needed an outlet. And Mm -hmm. I I guess I had followed your blog at some point when Mm -hmm. you were active still and you were writing uh, your donut posts Mm -hmm. and you wrote one entitled, why I don't think I want to run my business anymore. Yeah. And it came across, I think maybe my email, maybe I had gotten notification for it and I read it and I was like, Okay, I mean, it seemed kind of stalkery here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to reach out to her because this meant a lot to me. I just interviewed somebody who on the air was very much about her business and how great it was doing. But mm-hmm. off the air was talking about, yeah, I could, I, I had a chance to sell it two years ago and I wish I had. Mm-hmm. You know, that people don't feel like it's right. And I think one of the things I was struggling with too to feel like this thing that you're doing, that you're passionate about, this side hustle, mm-hmm. could be something you don't want to do permanently. Yeah, and I, the biggest, I think one of the the worries about when you put that out there into the world, um, because it's not something you just feel once. It's like it's it's an, I guess like an oscillating emotion between like surface and then it'll go away for a bit but it comes back and forth you have some successes and it seems to go yeah but then something will happen that'll bring it back yeah and I think one of the the hardest things about that feeling is 
you have had people supporting you while you've been building this and they've been excited for you. And what's harder for me now is I also have 13,000 followers who are strangers to me. I mean, not all of them. Some of them I know pretty well. They come to my events a lot, but I have 13,000 people who are like, we support you by following this account and we think you're doing great work. And it's just, you need to hear that. Like you need to hear, those are the things that motivate you to keep going. But sometimes it's also the stuff that makes you go like, I can't tell these people I don't want to do this anymore. Like they're going to be so disappointed in me and I'm going to like, can you fail your own business? Like, I don't know. I, I, it kind of ties back into like breakups where it's just like sometimes you break up with someone just because you guys aren't the right people for each other. Right. It's the not like a relationship isn't going anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be good. But it's not a great. It's not a great reason. Like it right. felt like it was bad. Nothing no one happened. cheated. Like no. Yeah, yeah. There was no straw that broke the camel's back. So it's hard when you have so much autonomy over what you're doing to be like you're every day when you wake up and work on it is you making the decision to keep running it. Because if I just woke up today, I was like. No, I'm not going to do this business anymore. It's like, that's how easy it is to quit doing it. Mm-hmm. It's tenuous, you know, like there's so, there's only so much holding you on to it. So, well, you have those obligations. You feel those obligations. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things about doing this show is that I book, you know, a few months out. Mm-hmm. So even if I wanted to quit, I'd feel like I would be letting people down. So I keep going that way. And sometimes yeah. I just work through the issues that I'm having. Yeah. Um, so fast forward six months from last August. And you're writing about the imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. On your new blog on Orlando.com, dot com, And it seems like it's a branch of the same conversation yeah. that you were having then. I don't think I had the name for it before. Yeah. Um, and then I think I, I really like... I listen to a lot of books Mm -hmm. um, and I like reading too, but I don't have as much time to actually read books. So I just listen to them most of the time um, because I work in the kitchen all day. So just put a book on for eight hours. Uh, But this, the one book that I've actually been reading um, has been, man, it's called work party and it's by, um, I forget her name, but she started create and cultivate, which is basically a women's conference to inspire you to like, to inspire you in your career. And I think it's directed towards entrepreneurs, bloggers, that kind of stuff. But, um, her book, she talks a lot about building her business and the things that she's gone through. And she talked about imposter syndrome and I was like, Oh, I've never heard about that before. And you know, when you read something, you're like, that has a name. That's crazy. Absolutely. I found that too. And maybe you did as well when you're doing your masters Mm -hmm. is, Oh, Oh, okay. That is something that happens and it has this name. Yeah. The organizational behavior class that I took in graduate school is like, Oh my God, all of these things in business have names, like everything. Someone has already been there and been like, I'm going to call it this. It's like, okay, cool. We're going to call it that now. Um, I don't know why they call it organizational behavior. It's like basically work psychology, but it's that's, just like... That's what the name that they've given to it, yeah. yeah. They're like, no, behavior, organizational well, behavior. business psychology, just to go on a little tangent, business psychology sounds like somebody's going to be uh, looking at you under a microscope mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Organizational behavior sounds a little less... Threatening may not be the right word, but yeah. psychology has certain overtones to it white coat syndrome where you're just like oh there's someone's gonna be staring yeah Yeah. i get that especially someone like me (laughs) who's just 
days away from being committed for any number of things. <laughs> you know, I don't like to hear psychology, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Therapy? No. I don't know. No funny. <laughs> so the imposter syndrome, I thought it was interesting because it applied to something new that you were doing. Yeah. Now you have, so there's Orlando, mm -hmm. the donut arm, mm -hmm. but there's also other stuff that the Orlando brand covered. Yeah. And so you had somebody who did cakes for you and the macarons. Yes. And, and macarons. Yeah, there you go. And now all of a sudden you're doing it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I've made cakes before. I've made macarons before. Um, but I made them for myself or my friends. I never, I was never in charge of making them to sell to people. So even though I'm very used to making and selling donuts, mm -hmm. it took me way back to the beginning of that like first event where I was like, it's okay. You don't have to pay me for this. It's probably trash. You don't want it. Never mind. And like, <laughs> it's so funny to feel that way when so many people are like, no, we want to pay you. We want to eat. We think this is good. And it's just like, yeah, but. I've only been making these professionally for like a month. You don't want to do that. It's like, why are you, I, I have to try really hard not to talk people out of supporting me. Cause it's yeah. just like, just let people do what they want to do. If they want to come support you, that yeah. is great. And you should encourage them, but like, don't be weird and like make people feel like they have to do anything. But yeah, with the cakes and macarons that basically the person I was working with, she just, she didn't want to, be committed to it in the way that I have decided I want to be committed to sure. my business. So she wanted to move on from it and go back to just baking for as a hobby. Um, and I fully understand and recognize that. And it's something over the past year, she and I, I thought it was just going to take some time to convince her to be on board with the idea. Cause I know it took me a while to go full time into it. So I get that, but I, I, I mean, that's someone's decision. That's how it can happen. So and you allowed her to explore that, which mm -hmm. is awesome. So this time around, as mm -hmm. opposed to the donuts, does it feel a little bit different? Does it feel like you've already been through the experience? So maybe you're not, your your ego and your anxieties aren't calloused necessarily mm -hmm. against doing it again. But is it a little bit easier this time? Yes, and because... I don't have to put myself out there as much anymore. I do have some people who come to me for things now and that's probably underselling it. I definitely have like 20 emails that I need to respond to right now of people who are interested in working with me. And probably the whole first year that happened maybe once or twice where mm -hmm. other businesses reached out to me and they were honestly taking a big chance on me at that point in time. But it's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's like your resume, you build it up like if I can do donuts the way that I do them, then it is easier to like talk myself out of like, you can't do this. It's easier to talk myself into, no, you can like, you've been doing this other stuff for a long time. You can do this. It's fine. So this could work. Yeah. It makes it a little easier to be able to see my successes mm -hmm. and then also think about the people in the community who have supported me and who continue to support me. Cause that's kind of the, biggest measure to me of how well I'm doing is if other businesses in the community want to keep working with me. That makes sense. I don't ever want to be that person where they're like, never invite her back. Oh my God. <laughs> Why won't this place uh, return my emails? All right. Uh, Liz, we're at the end of the first hour. 
Oh, wow. Already. It flies by. Yeah. I'm a joy to talk to. Uh, So let's play a song, and then we're going to come back. We've got bad business ideas. Okay. We have got a donut pop quiz. Ooh, okay. I hope you're ready for that. Definitely. Because there are stakes. There are prizes available. Oh, I've never been more excited for a pop quiz. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about, I want to talk a little bit more about the college experience, both your master's and your undergrad. Okay. Talk about music. Okay. Uh, but obviously, we're not going to get to everything, so you may have to come back if that's okay. Okay, yeah, I understand. Great. This is how I keep my boyfriend around. It's like, we, I just, I'm like, no, I have so many more subjects I need to cover with you. You have to stay. Like, I can't, I got to get to the next thing. So it's been, I don't know, probably like seven months now, and he just keeps waiting around for me to keep talking. It's been working, nice. though. Yeah. All right. Well, that's some relationship <laughs> advice. There you go. Yeah, Stewart. just keep talking. Orlando. <laughs> D-O-U-G-H. You can find her at Orlando.com on the Facebook and on the Instagram or your two major social media mm-hmm. channels. And then she's got a bunch of events coming up. Yes. Uh, so including another one at Kelly's Ice Cream. So if you've never been to one of those, mm-hmm. uh, buy the tickets ahead of time. Yes. So there's no food waste. But also it's amazingly delicious. So an ice cream sandwich. With it really that. is. It tastes like cold. Like if you've ever had bread pudding. Mm-hmm. That's what it tastes like to me because you're getting like the bread of the donut, but then the ice cream is like the creaminess of bread pudding. And so it's really delicious. So hungry right now. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. Uh, let's listen to uh, Betty Serviert with their album Dust Bunnies. This is a song called Coke Howard on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Here's a question. Do you like trivia? If you said yes, check out Simon Time Trivia. Simon is a great host, and he has events seven nights a week all over Orlando. Nick, you say, what if I want to check out Simon's trivia skills with a Z before going to one of his many trivia nights? Did you you ask that? Did you say that? Were you thinking that? Check out the Simon Time Trivia podcast. That's available wherever you get your podcasts and also on pftmedia.com. As someone who used to write trivia questions for an America Online channel in exchange for free dial-up hours, I can really get behind the finesse of Simon's wordplay and his factual prowess. Didn't intend for that to sound so not safe for work, but there you are. For a full schedule, go to facebook.com slash trivia. Back to the show. The Ting Tings on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from their album, We Started Nothing. That was Fruit Machine. Again, I don't know exactly how people want things pronounced, what enunciation they I want. I think that one was good. I, we started nothing. Yeah, I think that's how they'd want it, for sure. Oh, for sure. The Ting Tings, uh, big listeners, mm-hmm. go ahead and call in, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the way you wanted it. Uh, Liz, this is your first time on the show. Mm-hmm. And so all first-time guests have to go through uh, a hazing. Okay. Uh, or at least an onboarding okay. of helping me with some of my bad business ideas. Okay. Bad like, you know, Michael Jackson bad. Well, that's not a good way to say it anymore. So bad like... These are so bad they're good. Okay, yeah. Like that sort of thing. Like Tom Haverford, Parks and Rec, bad, good ideas? Exactly. And this is a family thing. This started with uh, my dad and my grandfather 
and everybody else who had these, you know, not necessarily get rich quick schemes. In many <laughs> cases, they were not get rich and not quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, waste money and uh, lots of liability mm-hmm. usually involved. That's the hallmark of a good bad business idea. Yeah, zero insurance. Incredible liability, which is why instead of just talking about it with my family, I pitch it to my guests. Okay. And then they're obligated by being on the show to take one of these ideas and run with it. Yeah, it's weird. You like locked me into this chair over here all of a sudden. I mean, people it should came out of nowhere. really read the contract that I should think about sending over to them. That's, yeah. And by being on the show, you're contractually obligated. It's all so, fine print. Yeah. There's no regular print on that contract. There is zero regular print. <laughs> it looks like a blank page. It's white. It's a negative 0.5 uh, font size. Yeah, it's really hard to read. Do you still get that error when you try and print it where it's like, you have things outside the parameters of what we can print. And you're like, it won't matter. Yeah, it's got a virus <laughs> that won't allow you to print it yeah. or send it or forward it to anybody who looks like they have an Esquire at the end of their names. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So very good. Well, let's listen to the song first. Okay. Bad business ideas. It's time to be just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, Liz, may I call you Liz? Yes. Great. Food. Okay. We all eat it, whether we're vegetarians. Oh, sorry, were you going to? Oh, I was just going to say it's a great idea. Yes. Wait, I haven't gotten to the idea yet. Okay. Okay. We all eat food. Yes. True or false? True. Great. Whether we're vegetarians, vegans, pescatarians, low carb, no carb, carb stars, chicken averse, Salad scared. You have to eat. Mm-hmm. Or do you? You do. You do. You have to eat. Okay. Therefore, I have a food-based idea for us to discuss today. Let's go to the world of plant-based food. You have alternatives for meat. Mm-hmm. You have alternatives for milk, mm-hmm. cheeses, mm-hmm. and other plant-related things. Those markets, pretty well covered. Let's go somewhere w- that isn't wor- well covered. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Eggs. Close. Okay. Plant-based alternatives for fruits and vegetables. (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking. There's already plant-based fruits and vegetables, but what happens when they're not in season or too expensive thanks to distance and tariffs and Mm -hmm. border closings or they're hard to get? It's just really far away. Or allergies. What then? Oh, that's where we come in. Okay. Sorry, I shouldn't have waited for an answer. That was rhetorical. No, I think that was a good pause. Left, pitch. left at the altar, A-L-T-E-R, is our new alternative food production conglomerate. Okay. Okay? So here's what we're going to produce. Just some ideas. I want you to think about these since you're the one that's going to have to produce these. Figure out how, where, when, soon. Soy watermelon, oat eggplant, hazelnut squash, almond avocados, tofu tomatoes, rice grapes, mm-hmm. flax cucumbers, coconut berries, and hemp lettuce. Okay. Should I go back through that one more time, or do you getting the gist of it? I got the gist, for sure. It's like when you hear someone's name, and you're like, I know I heard it. Yeah. I th- There's a name there. I, I heard what you, yeah, I got the gist. Okay, so what do you think about left at the altar so far? 
I like the name. Okay. It's a good name. Great. Also, it, a hallmark of a bad business idea is a clever name. That's true. I, I'm worried that, like, some people who are left at the altar, you're ostracizing them with the name, but that can't be that many people, right? There's probably fewer people that are left at the altar than actually get married. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody's getting married anymore. Is that still a thing? Yeah. I think it is. Just okay. later. Later in life. Yeah. Okay. Um... I don't know, none of my, I have like one friend who's been married and out of a giant group of people and it's like, all right, so no one else is doing this. It's, it's a good concern is that mm-hmm. people who were left at the altar might not buy from us because they were left at the altar and the name of our organization mm-hmm. is left at the altar, even though we're spelling altar differently. Yeah, you have to spell it differently. That's like oh, the thing. Sure. Um, I guess you could always create like a side part of the business for those specific people and name it like it's okay you were left at the altar or something i love it that's not very catchy but you can come up with something different as you think about inclusive right you're thinking about Mm -hmm. you're very empathic Mm -hmm. you're thinking about the people that might be left out this is why you're the perfect person for this honestly so in general though you like where this is going you like the name yeah i think um my favorite part about it is that there's probably a very large group of people who would be excited about this product Mm -hmm. who would only understand it about 10%, but they would pay you probably 90% more than it was worth. And then we could know that those people existed and not talk to them very much. That's true. I think it's a good, it's like a, a litmus test. This is a good litmus test business. When people support it, I understand that they are probably not people that I would talk to for very long. Very nice. Well, and one of the things is the avocados came uh-huh. to mind. This is this is actually coming out of news that's happening right now. I mean, that's actually a really a real Avocado concern. Avocado might you, they might uh, they might well, it's going to drive prices up, mm-hmm. and they may not be available higher so, than what they are now. If we made an alternative to an avocado that tasted mm-hmm. like an avocado, say out of almonds, and what I was thinking is you could still make the pit. Yeah. So we'd still have to manufacture the per, the pit somehow. I could three D print one. Yeah. Then you would come up with a formula for the almond avocado that would go around it, make mm-hmm. sure it's the right shade. You get a little bit of yellow, a little bit of green. Yeah. And then we could use maybe a seaweed wrap to make it look like the skin. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, it's an avocado. Yeah. I just, it came to mind that like a paper mache avocado would look very convincingly like an avocado. So you could also paper mache it. Okay. Use rice paper. Way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. But individually paper mache avocados, there's, you can charge so much money for this. You know what I'm liking about this is remember all the fake fruits that people would have in their house and, you know, that sort of thing is you could have fake avocados in your house. Mm -hmm. So when people come over, they see that you have avocados that obviously you're doing well mm-hmm. because you've either found or foraged or bought yeah. and paid through the nose for these avocados as long as they don't touch them. Yeah, don't touch them. Also, if we could maybe add some rhubarb in there, very sure. difficult to find in Florida. So if you have rhubarb have in Florida. Rhubarb. Why wouldn't we have rhubarb? <laughs> rhubarb should be made out of celery that's been dyed rhubarb colored. Celery relatively easy to grow no matter what. But isn't it crazy? Like there are huge farms for, well, maybe not huge, but there's a lot of 
celery farming in Florida. Like always sure. when you go to Publix, it's like Publix, it's fresh from Florida, celery. And you're like, okay. They're basically giving it away. But then they're there's like, so much of it. But then like rhubarb, it's a completely different thing. And I'm like, they, no. look, they look the same. I don't get it. Grow both of them, but they can't. No, I mean, not much call for rhubarb. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's just idea number one. Okay. Left at the altar. Mm-hmm. Here's idea number two. Okay. Coming up right now, but there's a lead into it, so I'm not going to tell you exactly what it okay. is right away, but I have to set set the scene. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set a table for you. Okay. Two delicious meals. You have to choose one. Okay. A new study from the University of Michigan has found a 20-minute nature walk can be incredibly effective in relieving stress. Now, we know why this works. We both understand the benefits of it. You go out into the world. You go out into nature. You feel better about yourself. You're breathing clean air. My question to you, though, is what is nature? Where is nature? How do you define it? And also, how long is 20? No, we know how long that is. Um, Is a park enough? Do you have to be at least 30 miles away from the nearest human settlement? Mm -hmm. What about the beach? What about the beach with a jet ski? I guess that wouldn't be walking, so that wouldn't count. Our new company, though, Streak of Nature, would bring the nature to you. We will upcycle old, unused treadmills, of which there are many. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, they're sitting in garages. They're sitting underneath clothes and spare bedrooms. And naturalize them. First, as citizens of the United States, so we're going to naturalize them as citizens, then adorning them with plants, vines, rodents, and other things you will find in nature. Your 20-minute nature walk anytime you want. you got to relieve stress. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the nearest nature is. Oh, wait, there's one right there in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it's got the you know animals and vegetables and minerals yeah. that I need to think that I'm in nature. I'm, I'm sure that this is the winning idea. Okay. Out of the two. Out of the two. Oh, yeah, definitely. You are in for this one. Yeah. Streak of nature. Mm -hmm. So are you much of a hiker? Do you like going out camping or out into the world? I like camping for the day into the evening and then going home. Okay. Um, I one time camped, uh, oh, man, it must have been like August in Georgia and... Bigfoot? Uh, no, it was just no showers. And oh, yeah. So I've never felt sick. better after it. Like, it's, I don't like it. But I do like hiking, but there's, Florida's a little bit more difficult for hiking. Mm-hmm. But I actually plan my next vacation around, like, hiking the whole time. So, so after this, after a vacation like mm-hmm. that or after going to the woods for the day, do you feel better? Do you feel less stressed? I think so. I like walking my dog, though. So, like, does that count? Because he's an animal. I'm I walk not around. sure because again they were specifying a nature walk. Yeah, you know Japan has those whole like forests. They're for mental health. They're like mental health forests. I don't think that's the name, but they I like love that idea. But they like I'm writing that one down. They'll like prescribe you like time in nature. Also, Japanese people live so long, so this has to be a good idea. It's one of those those seven zones in the world that has people who like are like the most octogenarians or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've seen so many documentaries. They all kind of blur together. But there's definitely one about like, is it the food they eat? Is it where they are? Is it their health care? And in Japan, they're like, we don't know. They just live a really long time. They just do it. They live on a rock. It's a lot of fish in their diet. That's too. true. Yeah. Fish donuts. Fish donuts. An idea. Sushi donuts is a thing. Is it really? Yeah, they, um, there's two types now, which I just saw this yesterday. There are donuts that look like sushi, and there are sushi that look like donuts. Okay. 
But nothing that mixes the two. You know, no. Not putting fish in donuts. But, or putting dough in sushi. I feel like mochi donuts could be right like there. the thing that brings it together. Because the like rice is just really good with sushi, but then mochi is like a rice-based donut. Mm-hmm. So I think it would work better than like a like the flour, the bread flour. Oh my god, gluten flour. There we go. Gluten. gluten. Flour. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love everything about this because now we're talking about other things. Mm-hmm. So really, let's start with streak of nature. Okay. You're gonna get that started. Yeah. Business plan. We'll have the uh, all of the different sort of documentation that we need to yeah. start it. Um, Definitely need a contract for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you signed it. Mm-hmm. A yeah. signed print contract. Again, just by being on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're there. All right, let's play a song. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's see. We'll play a little bit of uh, How About Tinfoil by Andrew Bird, which is about people who maybe wear tinfoil hats, which seems appropriate for this conversation we're currently having. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear that. Thank you so much for sitting through that no problem. and playing along. Uh, you're going to hear that on To a Certain Degree and, or WPRK. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Andrew Bird, Tinfoil from Fingerlings 3. This episode was recorded live on April 8th, 2019 on WPRK 91.5 FM. You will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. For example, to get two hours of Central Florida's best soul, you can tune into Nina on Sunrise Soul. That's Wednesday mornings from 7 to 9 a.m. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. Now back to the show. Andrew Bird on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from the album Fingerlings 3. That was Tinfoil. Good morning. My name is Nick. I do a show every week from 7 to 9 a.m. on Monday mornings on WPRK. And every week I have a very special guest. This week's special guest, Liz Dewar, is here. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. No problem. I really appreciate you getting up early, but you normally get up early to make donuts. Mm Mm-hmm. As part of Orlando, Orlando, D-O-U-G-H, Orlando.com. If you want to learn more about where she's going to be next, she has a few pop-ups coming up. You also do special orders. Is that right? Yes. I have a couple of options for special orders. I do the donut letters, which I got. I brought you some donut letters this morning. Wonderfully written. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can spell things with donuts if you want. Uh, We do our vegan gluten-free donuts for private orders, and then we have uh, another section where you can do event orders. So, you know, your weddings, your bridal showers, your baby showers, anything where you have to get dressed up and take a bunch of pictures, we can make stuff for that. You need donuts for mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. So has that become a bigger part of your business now, like special events, and especially weddings, I think it's become yeah. much more popular to have donuts instead of a wedding cake? Yeah, a lot of people, what they want is they want a cake to still do the cake cutting. So they want like a small cake, usually about six or seven inches and then mostly just donuts. One bride and groom that I'm doing an order for in uh, November, beginning of November, um, they want like a selection of items. So they're doing mini Pop-Tarts and donuts. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I think no one's ever ordered mini Pop-Tarts from an event before. Like, it's such a good idea, though, because I've made them. I just, she's like, can you make those for my wedding? And I was like, yeah, 
Because you made them as toppings. Yeah. Right? But she's like, I specifically want the mini ones. And I was like, okay. I think oh, that's yeah. great. I would I would be so happy to go to like a Pop-Tart bar at a wedding where they're like, we have seven different ty- types of mini Pop-Tarts. I'd be like, this is great. Oh, and maybe some toppings too. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I went to a wedding that had peas for pie as the, as the gift that mm. you got to take with you. It was a pie pop. Any sort of pie item at a wedding, I'm definitely on board with. Okay. A pie-dom, if you will. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, your last segment, we did you as a subject matter expert on business. Mm -hmm. Now we need your subject matter expertise on donuts. Okay. Because we have a pop quiz. Okay. And I mentioned there were prizes. Let me me add to that or let me explain that and clear a few things up. There's not actual prizes. There's five questions. Okay. If you get them all right, we're best friends. Okay. If you get four right, we're just really good friends. Do you buy your friends things? Do you pay for meals a lot? Sure. Okay. So there is technically like a cash prize involved. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's call it that. Why not? So, uh, so we're going to have five questions, two questions. We're acquaintances. If you only get one question right or fewer, which would be zero, uh, we're mortal enemies. Okay. I will do everything in my power. to. You're done. So list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean actively, not just like on the list. Uh, I don't really care for that person. Mm-hmm. It is I'm going to be actively sabotaging you. Okay. Yeah. That's so like how many pressure. people are on that list? A good amount. Wow, you can't yeah. remember them. No one's no one's gotten no one's done that so far. Okay, I thought you were doing math in your head. Yeah, that's what that look was. Yeah, that is. I was doing other math. Okay. Yeah, I just do math for fun. Huh. Uh, so the questions come from Simon Time. He is a local trivia night guy who does seven nights a week for Curtis Earth. Okay. And so he has his own podcast as well that you can find on PFT Media. But he was kind enough to do five donut-related questions. So let's start with number one and welcome Simon to the show live via recording. Hey, Nick, this is Simon Time, and I've got five donut-related questions for you and your guest. Here we go. Although controversial, who is most often known for bringing donuts to America? What peoples? What peoples or culture? Hmm. There are literally donuts all over the world. There are. Oh, man. And it's funny because Native Americans make this stuff called fry bread. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I would say Native Americans just to be respectful because they probably brought it to America. Um, Donuts, though. Italians? Italians. Is that your final answer? I'm trying to think through. Because they were really big in World War II. They had these donut dollies where they'd like, but that was because they were like, they made American soldiers feel like they were at home. Mm-hmm. So who would have brought donuts? Maybe it's Japanese people. They like frying stuff, right? I think they do. <sighs> they seem Some to fry a lot of stuff. things. Yeah. That also could be like an American version of what they do, though. It's so hard to Probably tell. amongst the, the first settlers here. I'm going to go with. It's either Italian or Spanish. Let's go okay. with one of those. Okay. Let's see. Simon has the answer. The answer, Dutch settlers. Oh. Dutch. That, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch, even though those people aren't Dutch, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they do like the apple cider donuts. They do like the apple cider donuts. I go Europe, though. You were in the right. I'll give you a half point. Okay. Because you did have the right continent. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's go to the next question. Okay. Question number two. Which company is the world's largest coffee and baked goods chain? 
Coffee and baked goods? Coffee and baked goods. Uh, that's hard. I actually just listened to a book on Dunkin' Donuts, but they're mostly franchises. So if you look at like... What's still a chain? Yeah. Because uh, they're around the world now. There's actually one in um, Kuwait. There's a Dunkin' Donuts in Kuwait. Oh, wow. On like the, the base there. It is I, a, but then it's like do, Starbucks too, though. Starbucks is huge. They're not known for their baked goods, mm. I don't think. And the 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 theme of the quiz is donuts. Okay, so then Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Let's see what the answer is. Okay. That answer is Dunkin' Donuts. That's good. Very nice. So you're one and a half, so we're not going to be bitter enemies. Okay. So you've got that going for you so far. Are you ready for the next question? Yeah, or we could stop here and I could end on a positive note, you know? I think you'll do okay. Okay. Yeah. Question number three. Which company founded in 1937 proudly boasts the slogan, Hot Original Glazed? Krispy Kreme? What do you think about that? Krispy Kreme? Let us see. The correct answer is Krispy Kreme. Okay. Krispy Kreme. Two and a half. We're somewhere between acquaintances and friends. Okay. Okay, that's where we are right now. Like Instagram friends who comment on each other's posts. On occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, you ready for the next question? Mm -hmm. Question number four. Which chain produced the world's largest edible donut in 1998? This is a tough one. So this is a smaller chain, a more mom-and-pop type of uh, situation. Now, you did tour around the U.S., mm -hmm. going to different donut shops. Is it Voodoo Donut? 1998. Were they around then? I don't think so. They were pretty old, though. Why was everyone breaking records in the 90s? Like, that well, was like a hobby. Thing to do. We didn't have the internet yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think I owned a Guinness Book of World Records. Of course you did. Why was that a book? I don't yeah. know. The internet existed then. I didn't need it. Um, Barely. Tim Hortons? Tim like Hortons. A, that's like a chain. That is a chain. All it's right. in Canada, though. Are they, like, motivated to make giant donuts in Canada? Yeah, well, to keep warm in the winter. I just Because you could burrow into it like a tauntaun. <laughs> it smells better, though. Oh, 100%. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll go with Tim Hortons, even though... Let's actually write that down. Is extra large donut uh, sleeping bags. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You have to go in, like, there's still a hole in the center, so you have to just burrow all the way around in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a better natural way of sleeping, like, in the round. Yeah. You know, theater and sleeping is both done better in the round. I agree. That's my understanding. Okay. So you're going to go Tim Hortons? Yeah. I don't, I'm not confident in this okay. one. The answer is Winchell's House of donuts. Oh, yeah, that I never would have gotten one. that one. Yeah, that was Winchell's? a tough one. Winchell's. I need okay, to so we're still at two and a half. Let's see. This is the last question. Okay. Are we going to be good friends? We shall see. This is a lot of pressure. And finally, question five. What is the name given to the popular Polish donut, which is now being marketed in many U.S. grocery stores today? I just keep thinking of that. I can't say it. I it's like suf sufkanut. Sufkanut. I think that's actually a Jewish thing, though. Okay. Uh, maybe. Because there's some holiday where a lot of donut shops make those, and I Polish donut. I'm like of Polish descent. I'm. I should almost maybe know this. <laughs> 
I know the Italian donut. I know. Well said being friends with me would be easy. Okay, what's the Italian donut? It's a bomboloni. Okay. Um, which always kind of sounds like bologna to me. Yep. Um, there's a place in Chicago that only does those donuts, and they're very good. And then there's, there's, oh, wait. No, you didn't say Portuguese. I was like, what's the one in Hawaii? Because that's a Portuguese donut, which is a malasada. Polish donut. Kolosh? Kolosh. Let's see. I think that's it. Those are big in Texas. Okay. Let's see if that's correct. That answer is the Ponchki. Oh. Ponchki. It's so many other names, though. Do I get Ponchki. credit for knowing other I names think, of donuts? Yeah, I'm going to give you a half point there. Okay. Um, also, Ponchki. Uh, Eric Estrada. So that's three points. So we're good friends. Okay. Yeah. I feel not, good about that. We're not best friends. I actually talked you into that too. Yeah. I negotiated oh, my no, way to I that. I was going to, I would have already showing respect for the Italian one and the, uh, Portuguese. the Portuguese one. Mm-hmm. That was really good. So that was Simon Time. You can hear Simon, uh, the Simon Time trivia show on pftmedia.com. He does a weekly podcast there. It's also available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Simon does trivia around town seven nights a week. He's always busy, and he's a former wrestler, so he actually had a themed one last night for WrestleMania. That's awesome. Which is pretty cool. Uh, and you can look him up. He does that as part of Curtis Earth Trivia. You can see where he's going to be at earthtrivia.com or find him on Facebook. Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you so much, Liz. We're going to be back in a few minutes with more. We're going to talk music. We're going to talk college. We're going to talk about your pop-ups. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about uh, whatever we can for the next few minutes because okay. we're almost out of time. I can talk really quickly. So okay, if really need be, I'll fit it all in. Well, let's play a song first. Let's listen to a little bit. I'll tell you what. If you can name this song mm-hmm. before it gets to the chorus, then we'll be best friends. Okay. So this will be off the air, though. Okay. Okay. Are you so ready? I'll nail it. Yeah. Oh, no for matter sure. what. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, You're going to hear this on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. The To Be Decided is a YouTube channel where hosts Miller and Davis tell some stories, make music videos, review songs, and create the occasional documentary. For example, one of those documentaries is about the Japanese rock folk band Fishmans. If you haven't heard of them before, it's a really interesting story and some really good music. You may have just found a new favorite group. You're welcome. Miller is also responsible for all of the bumper music on this episode, in case you were wondering. Check out youtube.com slash the to be decided for more. Now back to the show. Tori Amos on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was a cover and my very good friend, my best friend, you might even say, Liz Dewar from Orlando, D-O-U-G-H, got that correct. Mm-hmm. What song was it? It was uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit from Nirvana. From, yeah, very nice. Which is the only Nirvana song I know. So yeah, that's it's a great choice on your part. I, I wanted mm-hmm. to be best friends with mm-hmm. you. You make donuts, so obviously I want to be best friends. Mostly I want to work for you. Now, I've made okay. several offers of helping you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that offer still stands. Okay. I will help you out anytime, even getting up early. Obviously, I know how to get up early. I don't want to go through my whole resume on the air. Yeah. Because I feel like then the job offers will just come flying in from people listening. And your price will go way up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I want to give, this is your exclusive offer. first right of refusal Okay. for me to help you out. Okay. I have 
never baked before. Okay. I have terrible handwriting, but on the plus side, I own several typewriters Mm -hmm. and I know how to use my phone for a camera. If you can figure one thing out for me, you can work for me. Okay. Um, so in February I did Netflix and Chill Donuts. So I was trying to base them on Netflix shows, movies, um, that are popular. And one of the ones I wanted to do was to all the boys I loved before, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to make a donut that had a note in it and it didn't have to be edible, but I didn't really know how to get a note and keep it like legible. So you wouldn't have to write the note, just figure out a way to get a note in a donut where it would be legible and not like super gross. Okay. So the next story you'll be reading on the Orlando Sentinel is man burns his house down mm-hmm. trying to put notes and donuts. Yeah. Perfect. I need you to put paper and then I need you to deep fry it. <laughs> I'm in for that. Liz, uh, thank you so much for coming out this morning. I did want to ask, you mentioned earlier you have your master's degree. In I business. do. When you were coming out of high school, mm-hmm. let's go back a little bit. What were your plans and then sort of what actually happened? Um, so I actually was, my mom brought me my whole school file from like K through 12th grade the other day and I looked through it um, and I saw what I wrote to colleges because you know when you take the SATs or the ACTs, you say send my scores here. Sure. Which is kind of funny that you're like, They'll want to have these. Oh, they'll they'll just need these for their Duke records. University will definitely want to see that I got a thirteen fifty on my SATs. Uh, nice. Oh yeah, um, I uh, I wrote on there that I wanted to major in zoology, so that's why I have a bunch of random animal facts because that was one of my interests for a while. But then I took uh, I took both the ACT and the SATs twice, so I looked at a later version of when I took it um, in eleventh and then twelfth grade. And by 12th grade, I had changed it to, I wanted to major in political science and be, um, work for the state department, become an ambassador. Okay. Um, so I did go to school for political science. I didn't change my major at all, which probably like I probably should have because I, uh, worked all throughout college and I paid for everything I graduated without debt, which is easier when you're in schools, like in state tuition at UCF. Like mm-hmm. it's not as expensive as other places, but. Did you go directly to UCF or did you start out at yeah. one of the community colleges? I went directly to UCF. I lived in Tower 3, which was honestly the worst decision. So expensive to live on campus mm-hmm. at UCF. But um, in general, yeah, I like went there, did my political science degree, graduated, but I didn't, you Internships are a really big deal with that kind of stuff, and I just didn't have any, so it was really hard to find a job with government and stuff like that. And now, as a small business owner, I find myself uh, kind of standing uh, on the opposite side of the line from what I wanted to do, working for government. Now I'm like, why do they make me do that, government? Don't make me pay that. Why do you need $80 to give me a piece of paper? And it's like, they just do. That's how governments work. They need money to give you things, and... They get a lot of their money from business owners, so. Quite a bit, mm. either in taxes or in the registrations and oh, yeah. things of that nature. Fast forward then to your business degree. So this is how many years later that you decided to do that? So I graduated in 2012 with my undergraduate degree. Um, and then I went back, I graduated last year. I went back in 2000, no, that's wrong, 14, 2015? I don't know. I'm trying to do that because you know the year you graduate isn't the year like it's not exactly three years from when you start like because that degree 
Took me three years, and I graduated last May. So, yeah, 2014. Fall okay. of 2014 is when Seems I started like a that. a couple of years you were out there. Mm-hmm. What was the thinking, the logic behind going back to school? Um, I'm trying to come up with a good answer, but the answer was I wanted to get a better job. Okay. It's like the most that, boring that is, reason. That is, but that's a good reason. I wanted to. It's a I was, solid reason. Yeah, I was doing something that I didn't really uh, like doing very much, but it was fine. But I was like, okay, well, maybe if I go back to school, I can make more money doing something I don't like doing, which is a great idea. I actually think a lot of people I graduated with are doing, uh, they're making more money doing things they don't like doing now that they have the degree. Um, so I went back to school just to get a better job that I didn't like. And then I ended up starting the business in the middle of it. And then I started working for myself. So different result than I anticipated both times with both degrees. But do you feel more confident having both or either degrees, either as a business owner or just in general? Um, I'm happy that I got my business degree at the age I got it at. I think it was helpful to be a little bit older when I got it. Mm-hmm. And they, a lot of business schools require you have some real world work experience before you go which I think they're schools make a lot of money on graduate students, which is another thing that people probably don't know. It's like they get a lot of revenue from that, but so they, they want to encourage graduate students to come and a lot of people are attracted to business programs. So a lot of business programs are getting a little bit more lax about those work requirements. Cause sometimes it'll be three years, sometimes it'll be five years. Yeah. And some places now will be like, no, you can just come whenever. And I think, I think that does a disservice to people who go to business school when they don't have the real world world experience because they can't relate anything they're learning to. Like I was able to relate everything I was learning back to the job that I was working at every day because I was doing it part-time while working full-time. And I don't know, I thought that was the most valuable thing. Uh, My political science degree, I'm happy that someone, there was like a place for me to be for three or four years before I had to be a person in the world because Liz is like an 18 or 19 year old. Definitely it was like better for me to just be in college than to, you're trying to be a grown person. You're not. Like, you think you are, and then years later, you're like, oh, God. I'm still waiting. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're still looking back. Yeah. yeah. God, you've aged so well. Thank you. Thank you. Greek don't creak mm-hmm. is what I always say. <laughs> is that something other people say? No, actually, I just made that up. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I do creak quite a bit, though. I have the oldest knees in the history of the world. Um let me go back then to the master's degree and just ask you this, the benefit of having other students, was it online? Was it in person? For in person. Part? So was there a benefit you felt like not only to you being able to relate it to your job, but being able to learn from other people that were in the program as well? Like were they able Both. to bring, if yeah. they had work experience, they were able to say, oh, and yeah, we did this this way. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time kind of, uh, what I, I, I started my degree just working a full-time job and being able to relate a lot of the stuff I was learning to that job. And then when I started the business, I sort of felt like there was a disconnect between business school and small business, ed, I guess administration, because the degree is a business administration degree. Um, I feel like there is a bit of a disconnect between what business school is directed at and what small business and entrepreneurs are doing. Um, I think that you can kind of take different you can go to different schools that have better programs directed towards that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. my program was directed towards uh, corporate businesses. Yeah, you're working for a large business, so here's how accounting is done there. Here's how these things are done there. So I started to have a bit of a problem with uh, 
sort of relating certain things I was learning back to my business. I felt like they just weren't pertinent, but I kind of learned that it's because I was thinking too small with my business and not that my business is giant right now, but it, it doesn't actually serve you to think like, Oh, these things won't ever apply to me. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I might not have a business organization, but there are like aspects of organizational behavior that I like would be helpful for me when I'm running my business. Cause I do have to talk to people. I have to communicate with other people, other businesses. Um, and sometimes I have people help me make stuff. It's like all of these things matter. And, I don't know. It's just kind of difficult when like everybody's, you have to do these projects on these giant corporations like Starbucks and stuff. And you're like, how does this make sense for me making 100 donuts As a on a Sunday? As a person, yeah. self-employed shop. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, it, it, it is, you could, I guess you could say that it's problem solving and you're learning yeah. ways to do things that way. But yeah, it's the application often in college is to things that may not help you in the short term, but maybe you never know. I mean, Orlando might grow into this humongous corporation. Maybe. And then you'll be like, oh, see, now I know this. Yeah, and I I mean, the other thing that I think anyone who goes to business school will tell you is a big reason you go to business school is so you meet other people who are motivated individuals who they're going to be working towards higher goals and then they're going to know you and that was a huge problem I had trying to get a job is so I just didn't have any connections contacts, that you get yeah. from internships are a great way to like meet people and make contacts with people. But uh, it's hard when you just like, I was like, I'll just work and make money so I don't have debt. And then at the end they're like, you can't work anymore because you don't go to like, cause I had a job that's like you were in school while you have it. And then they're like, go get a normal job. And I'm like, well, no one else will hire me now. Cause all I've done is work for you this whole time. But so Interesting. I don't know. I like school. I like being in school and I like learning things. I don't always like the structure of it, but. If you were to give advice to somebody who was 17, 18, 19, Mm -hmm. coming out of high school, uh, what would you say to them going into school? Mm, Going into school. Or I'm graduating, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you say to them in general? Is it think about college? Is it take a year off? I think that there's a benefit to being in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a year off after high school does make sense for some people, but I don't think it makes sense for everybody. I think sometimes going to school can make the most sense for people. Uh, I think something a lot of people don't do, which they'd probably be happier doing, is uh, some sort of vocational school or technical college where you're learning a skill and those degrees are like two years. I wish nothing else than to be a general contractor right now. Like that you have to go to school and you have to like work under people to become a general contractor, even a plumber. Like that would be something I'd be very happy to be because it's a very useful thing. But is it because it's you're, you're going off of a plan and you're just building the thing to spec? Is it because it takes as a, as a business owner, Mm -hmm. a small business owner, we talked about this earlier that, it can be frustrating sometimes. It's like hitting your head against the wall mm-hmm. on occasion. So are you thinking the contractor as an escape from that? Because it's like, oh, I just have, yes. to, I have to organize things, but I have to just build this thing that's on paper. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I mean. Or do you like building things? I guess you could be an architect too. But I, I think if you're going to go to school, um, just realize the fact that, 
probably whoever helped you get to that point, whether it's guidance counselors or parents, didn't actually explain to you all the different options that you have. And although the option that is presented to you might actually be the best one, I know a lot more about a lot of different things now. And I go, oh, wow, that's a job. I don't know that. Like, I the job that I have now, I did not know it was a job. And, like, it's been a yeah. job. It's obviously I made this one for myself, but it's just, I think it's difficult that you're kind of required to make that sort of decision at that age. And then just don't feel like you have to live with it. Because that's kind of how I felt bad about spending so much money on a political science degree and being like, I'm not using this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like you spend a bunch of money on a car, but then you use your car every day. So you're like, whatever, spend money on it, but I right. use it. I think, yeah, it's tough because, you know, and I can say that I'm using it now, but I graduated with radio television. Mm-hmm. and But I use it on a volunteer basis once a week mm-hmm. for something that is not even a side hustle. It's just a passion project of mm-hmm. mine. So, yeah, it's tough to really say that you're going to 100% use this in your day-to-day life. That happens for probably 30 to 40% of the people who graduate. They go into the field that they graduated in. Um, And it's hard not to think back and go, well, that then that was a failure. I didn't do that right. Yeah. I mean, I look back and I'm like, well, I could have done this better if I wanted to be successful in that way. But I almost didn't feel equipped to know how to be successful. Um, And it's because there are a bunch of resources that you you have to seek them out, though. They don't come to you. Um, Like, there are so many things that will help you get a job. Like, there's offices at, like, probably every college that are for job placement. And they're like, they'll help you, Mm -hmm. tell you what you need to do starting when you get to school. But, yeah, I guess just go to school, go with what you think you want to do. A lot of people change their major. A lot of people don't use what they graduate with. Do some internships and see if it fits for you. I think that makes, like, I think that would have been very helpful for me to have done because I would have realized, I think as much as I very much love and support government for the most part, I think that if I had done some internships in it, I would have realized that there's a certain lack of um, mobility in government where not just, like, not just like job wise, but just like what you're allowed and not allowed to do. There are a lot of restrictions on that. So I think it must be frustrating to have to work within like, I don't know, the parameters of like the city charter or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's that kind of stuff, which I think I'm much more, I'm better off working in the private sector, I guess, if you want to call it that. Makes sense. Liz, We have to leave. Mm. The two hours go by so quickly. Yes. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Liz Dewar, Orlando, D-O-U-G-H, Orlando.com, D-O-U-G-H.com, O-R-L-A-N-D-O-U-G-H.com. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her and her work on Facebook. Um, You can also see her at Orlando Brewing on the 17th. That's going to be a donut and beer pairing. Mm -hmm. And the tickets are still available for that. Through Orlando Brewing's website. Yes. On the 20th, she'll be at Hourglass Brewing for the Witches and Wizards Market. So that you're going to have Harry Potter specific donuts for that. Yeah, it's going to be a huge market. There's a Facebook event that lists all the different vendors there. But uh, it'll be a huge market. There aren't any tickets for that. So basically come out early. Yeah. Uh, on the 23rd, you're going to be at Kelly's Ice Cream, the one on Fern Creek. Mm-hmm. And so tickets are available on your site later, later today, today or hopefully. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
And then on the 29th, you'll be at a la carte, another Harry Potter-themed event. They'll be showing a movie. The Goblet of There'll Fire. Be food trucks, and you'll be there. Yep. The Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Is that on the fourth a Harry one. Potter? Mm-hmm. It's something that happens. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Has Nobody knows. Harry yeah. Potter's been out for a while. Yeah, I think spoilers are, like, not a thing anymore for Harry Potter. <laughs> Uh, so coming up next week, I've got Ryan Rivas coming up. We're going to have a special show where we're talking about literary crimes. And then Ryan Semple, two Ryans in a row. Who thought of that? I did. Uh, he's an artist, and he'll be on on the 22nd. Liz, let's shake hands on the air because that makes for good radio. Okay. Almost knock over your coffee. That's fine. It's almost done. At all. Mm-hmm. And let's listen to one more song before we turn it over to Orlando Theater Hour. This is Eskimo. With Broken Necks on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe. Also check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. What is your takeaway from this episode? Yes, Liz started to bake professionally in grad school and switched directions, but that didn't mean it was comfortable right away. She has her doubts. She had her doubts. She still has doubts, and that's okay. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks.